Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us. Jesus! God and baby. Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you didn't. Now look at that doc, you homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. It is Wednesday, May 13, 2015. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. And man, I, I, I shouldn't even have to say it, but I'm definitely a different breed of cat than the majority of these podcasts and motherfuckers out here, man. Probably the only wrestling podcaster with abs on this bitch. Um, just overall, I'm just, I just listen to shit, and I ain't gonna mention, I ain't gonna put nobody over. I just, I just listen to shit and just, I'm just thankful on me and not not these motherfuckers out here because this shit gets really, really difficult to listen to. So anyway, um, I got a bunch of stuff to talk about tonight. I got I got two wrestling shows I attended in the past week. That's that's not a normal thing for me to attend two different wrestling shows in one week. Uh, that's that's like some old uh, 2002, 2003 before I had kids. Type shit, you know what I mean? You don't catch thirty-seven-year-old uh, J Cat doing too many uh, multi wrestling show weeks. Lucky if I watch Raw the same week that I did that I uh, attend CZW. It's just not a, 
is not, you know, the norm for me. Um, so yeah, um, going fucking crazy in the gym this week because, um, you know, uh, end of the month is my next, uh, my next race. I got the Spartan sprint. Where are we at now? What are we, uh, 13? I just fucking said the date. I still don't know what it is. The 13th. So yeah, I got a little over two weeks, a little over two weeks to go. So I can really, really like full force in the fucking gym and, um, you know, no holding back and just go all out and, um, for the next, you know, week and a half and then like three or four days of just kind of chill type shit. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. And, and the weather has been, uh, you know, headed in the warmer side of things. So that always makes me very happy because I hate the fucking cold. Uh, this past weekend, um, after the two wrestling shows on Sunday, I put all my peppers in the ground. I was 41 plants I put in the ground. So, um, you know, a ton there. Um, fortunately, I still may have to move my ones in the back in the pots and move those back into the front. Um, it just, it's absolute bullshit. I am um, surrounded by trees. My house is really fucking uh, pretty umbrella by trees. So what happened last year is I planted all my stuff in the back. Two years ago when I planted it in the back, no problem. I guess the trees have filled in just a little bit more, enough to, you know, kind of hold back my plants. So you start out the season, everything's good, everything's, uh, you know, growing the way it should. And then by, uh, you know, four, five weeks, six weeks into the season, all the trees fill in and uh, all your plants stop fucking growing. They just, you know, kind of hang out, just kind of lay dormant. They don't die, but they don't produce. Um, and you know, so last year what I ended up doing is I ended up moving all my peppers that, you know, were existing still into pots and moving them into the front yard. Really could get sun and they took off, but it was way, way late into the season. So it was more or less a race against the clock at that point. So this year my plan was, all right, let me get some of these trees cut back. And, um, you know, so that way I could plant where I want to plant. So I looked into it and, uh, Fucking, they want $900 in order to trim these trees back. Um, apparently, my dog's going to act like an asshole, so I'm going to kick her out of the room. Um, they want $900 to trim. We're not even talking about fully removing trees. We're talking about trimming them back. And um, $900, that's, that's a lot of fucking money. So that's not going to happen. I'm going to get a couple more estimates, but... Uh, Ideally, I would, I would like to have them trimmed back. If not, um, I guess I'm going to have to move fucking plants all over the place in pots again. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, excuse me. But uh, that's, you know, that's uh, the plant side of things. Like I said, I got so many fucking types of peppers. It's going to be a lot of fun, uh, you know, growing everything and seeing what produces the most and, uh, you know, sharing them with anybody who wants them to. Uh, <clears throat> like I said, hey, if you're anywhere local, and uh, you like hop shit, you know. By the middle of fucking summer, I should be loaded up. Um, Tom Brady suspended four games. <clears throat> I definitely want to touch on this because more so than anything else, first off, four fucking games. The guy was never really completely nailed on anything. They had, um, 
what I think they're calling something along the lines of reasonable suspicion uh, that he may have some form of involvement or, or some general knowledge of something being done with the fucking bulls. And uh, so for that, he gets four games suspension. I mean, I, I don't really understand that too much because it's not, you know, clear-cut evidence that he had it done, but yet because he's the quarterback, he gets fucking penalized. I mean, how many other players on that team had general knowledge of that? Wide receivers that catch the fucking ball that they have knowledge of it? They're saying the the big draw on this thing is not even the throwing or the catching, but the fact that, you know, it's easier to hold on to it, so they had way less turnovers than everybody else. So, I mean, that would affect the running back heavily. Did he know about it? I mean, <clears throat> it's just crazy because they go out of their way with this four-game suspension like it's all him. But uh, I don't know. They were going to two-game suspension Ray Rice when he knocked his fucking wife out until the video, you know, blew up on the Internet and then all of a sudden turned into a bigger thing. But Roger Goodell's initial intent was to suspend – Ray Rice, damn, um, Ray Rice for fucking two games for punching his wife in the fucking face. Tom Brady might have known about air being let out of a ball, so four games? Shit. So, that's, I mean, that that's, you know, on the surface, that's, that's what it is. Um, they also said, too, like, this was uh, in the, you know, I the AFC championship game from what they said, the whole thing was resolved by the end of the first half. The game was a blowout. It wasn't like the second half all of a sudden turned around because the ball was all good. They were completely outmatched outclassed by the Patriots. So it really didn't hold any weight as far as the Patriots doing what they did. Um, And bottom line is Tom Brady is still one of the best quarterbacks all time. Regardless of what you do with the ball or don't do with the ball or whatever. So that shit is ridiculous. What bothers me more than anything, I think, is the continual hatred of Tom Brady for no motherfucking reason. I don't know if America has just accepted accepted, accepted the fact that there's so many ugly motherfuckers in this country that you, you got to go out of your way to, to hate people who are good looking. But I feel like that's actually what it comes down to. It's not like Tom Brady's a scumbag and walks around saying fucked up shit or acting like fucking T.O. or, um, you know, Nadamakin Sue, where he's fucking trying to stomp people out on the field and fucking, you know, it's not like he's a shit bag. He's not fucking, you know, run his mouth about people on, on, you know, on interviews like fucking Richard Sherman. There's nothing about Tom Brady that hasn't been a class act. As far as I know, man, unless I'm missing something and I'm a huge football fan, I don't see anything that he's done negative in his career. There's two things that define Tom Brady. One, the fact that he is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. All of his stats will fucking prove that, hands down. So there's not like, oh, he's he's favorited by the media or the media, you know, has him overrated. No, look at his stats. His stats back up everything that anybody would say good about Tom Brady is backed up by his fucking stats. 
So as far as, you know, what he's ranked at or what he's rated at, he's earned every fucking bit of that. I mean, you can look at it. He's he's put up there with the top guys, including Joe Montana, who, um, you know, obviously I'm an enormous fan of, and so is Tom Brady. He grew up a huge Joe Montana fan, and, uh, you know, that definitely makes me like the guy a little bit more. But besides that, I just don't see what the guy has ever done wrong at all. Uh, the other thing that defines Tom Brady is, you know, uh, people consider him a good-looking dude. And, um, you know, he's with Giselle Bunchen, and uh, I think they have kids together and the whole nine, and I, I don't see what the issue is. But for whatever reason, you get more people that will tell you flat out, I hate Tom Brady. Hate Tom Brady. For what? For what? Because he's better looking or he's better than your motherfucking quarterback. Because he's better than anybody who has ever played quarterback on the fucking Eagles, has ever played quarterback on the fucking Giants has ever played quarterback on a, you name the motherfucking team as, as long as it isn't 49ers, chances are he's better than any quarterback. Cause I still think Joe Montana is better. He's undefeated in the Super Bowl, blah, 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 whatever the case. But, um, unless your team is my team, um, I, chances are your quarterback was not better than Tom Brady at any point in your franchise history. So that's what makes you hate the fucking guy. I don't understand that type of mentality where you just have to hate someone because they're better. I don't understand that jealous uh, bullshit-ass mentality. I think it's a weak-minded mentality. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, same thing goes as far as, like, what, dude, because he's, you know, he, he does well. You know, as far as, you know, he's married to a supermodel and all that shit. I mean, is that what what generates hatred? I mean, he's obviously going to be, you know, multi-multi-millionaire, so you can't be mad at his money. If he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, you can't expect him not to be rich, so you can't be mad at his money, right? I don't know. I'm always just completely baffled by it when it's like, I hate Tom Brady, and that's what it is. It's just, it's nonstop. And, you know, to a certain extent, I could understand if you're a Jets fan or if you're a Bills fan or um, a Dolphins fan because, you know, you play him twice a year. He's a fucking killer out there. You know, he's really hard to deal with on that front. Um, You know, if you're like the Colts and he's been beating the shit out of you in the playoffs for years, I kind of get that. But as far as just on the surface, just hating a motherfucker because he exists, that's a, that's a bitch-ass mentality because it's unwarranted. If there was a reason behind it, it was like, you know, hey, some people like him, some people hate him. I kind of get it, you know what I mean? But that's that's not – there's no there's lo, no legitimacy to why people should hate Tom Brady. There's just not. Um. You know, and um, then the other thing is, is you know, there's teams from playing week two or something like that. Um, I think Pittsburgh plays in week one. Anybody who goes out of their way to say, oh, man, this is great because now we play Tom, we play the Patriots without Tom Brady. Oh, yeah, this is, this is awesome. That's another bitch-ass mentality because 
if you're looking for the biggest stars to not play on the fucking teams you're playing, then you have zero confidence in your actual team. Because come playoff time, man, playoff, you're going to have some of the top fucking tier teams. You're going to have full rosters of, of world beaters. These guys are going to be the teams that belong in the fucking playoffs. Full of their stars, full of the people who are the top in the league, and those are going to be who you show up in the playoffs against. You're not going to have, oh, well, this, this team is without their greatest fucking player. You're not going to luck your way into the fucking and through the Super Bowl. So if you're worried about playing a team without their fucking star on week one, you already lost your fucking confidence, and the season didn't even fucking start yet. So it, to me, it's just a ridiculous mentality to go into. I don't want to play fucking – I don't want to play the Pats without fucking Tom Brady. I want to beat the Pats with fucking Tom Brady. That's what I want. I want my fucking team to go in there. I want my full defense in there to go up against their full offense, and I want us to come out on top like that. Not not some old bullshit where it's like, oh, good. You know, we get to play them. Uh, you know, those guys don't get to wear shoes. It's like, what the fuck? Do you walk away winning and going, yeah, we're the better team? You just go, no, like, we, we got away with that one. I mean, it, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, if you got the opposition's uh, defense on your fantasy team or some shit like this, then maybe, you know, that benefits you or uh, you're playing a fucking guy on fantasy football that has uh, Tom Brady and he, he forgot to put him on the bench, then I guess, you know, that benefits you there. But as far as, you know, being a fan of a team and, and wanting your team to play a weakened roster, that, that's some bitch-ass shit. Motherfuckers really need to get their shit together as far as um what they – their expectations on fucking life – Everybody wants everything to be easy and shit, but then they want full credit for stuff. They they don't understand why, you know, when they they decide, I quote unquote quit smoking cigarettes, but now I do this vape thing where I fucking walk around Walmart and blow clouds of fucking water mist into the fucking air. But I want a pat on the back because I quit smoking. Go, you weak-minded motherfucker. And now you're walking around, you want congratulatory shit off of what other people will earn. Other people actually do what the fuck you claim to do. You know, somebody might, you know, there's teams out there that are going to beat a fucking Patriots team with Tom Brady on it. Those motherfuckers deserve the credit for beating the Patriots, not the motherfuckers that get to play in without Brady on week two. I mean, shit. If that's how you're looking at your NFL season before the fucking season starts, then you might as well just fucking keep your football jerseys right in the closet. You know, don't, you know, don't make any fucking playoff plans to, you know, to have any Super Bowl parties or any shit like that. It ain't going to be your guys. So, I don't know, man. People are calling us down and out, been calling us down and out since the end of last year, and especially since a couple of our guys retired and everything else, and Gore's gone, and, uh, you know, Willis retired, and Borland's gone, and all that. But I'm telling you right now, you watch. I love being fucking underrated because our defense is going to be fucking beast. Darnell Dockett, that dude, <laughs> I love the quote that um put up, I think, on Twitter or one of these fucking things. I don't know. I just, um, 
I saw it quoted somewhere because I don't have to put it. Well, I have Twitter. I'm fuck with Twitter. Um, and it said, uh, they, uh, he's talking about the Cardinals because he hates the Cardinals. He had played for them, and now he gets to play against them. And, uh, you know, two times a year playing for the Niners. And uh, <laughs> they uh, they quoted, it said, they done motivated the wrong motherfucker. <laughs> and it, it was his grandma's quote. <laughs> so you know that, uh, you know, you're talking about some real shit going on there. And Alden Smith on the line. And uh, Justin Smith may or may not be back still. I'm not really sure. I'm kind of annoyed by that situation, but um, yeah. I mean, we got an absolute beast defense, and uh, you know they say Colin Kaepernick is his throwing motion is just a million times better. He's been working with Kurt Warner, getting a bunch of shit down that he's been lacking for the past couple years, you know. And um, this dude can become a total package quarterback and uh, completely unstoppable. He gets that shit fine tuned, and from what they're saying, you wouldn't even recognize the way he plays out there. So. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the season, but um, obviously I'm fucking talking about football, and it's uh, May. But um, yeah, let me uh, you know, take a break, get back to this uh, wrestling. All right, I know it's early, but uh, you know why not? All right, here's some uh, some Onyx. South Suicide Queen. Put it. 
that got steel for sports. So I stole the show and made some pennies for my thoughts. And if the fucking rap shit don't pay, I'ma start selling drugs around my way. Killing my own people in the USG. Should they gon' get it from somebody? I'd rather it be me. Besides, they can't tax dirty money. And you can't trust nobody. Nobody. No one. No one. The Scorpion. And I'll probably bite the bullet, cause I live by the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 25 to light bitters who just came out and run a flame out. Say game, blow your brains out. It's like on the edge of dangerous. Where you living, never giving this shit. Cause we living in it. And stop suicide queens when niggas sack up. Nigga, back up. Official ass, throw your fucking gas up. It's like on the edge of dangerous. Where you living, never giving this shit. Cause we living in it. We never giving this shit. JCW, uh, Jersey Championship Wrestling. I know it's a lot of times confused with the uh, the Juggalo deal, but that's not the same thing. This is Jersey Championship Wrestling, and um, this was in Brick, New Jersey, which is really only like 20 minutes away from me or so, 20, 30 minutes away from me, a real close show. So it was like as convenient as possible. And, um, you know, big headline match, on the show was uh, Nick Gage versus Chris Dickinson. So, I mean, you can't do much better than that. Plus, Scott Hall on the card. And, you know, I've never gotten a chance to see Scott Hall live. So, um, you know, to be able to get a picture with that dude was tremendous, you know. Um, I've always been a big fan of Scott Hall. So, um, you know, that was awesome. Now, going into the show, here's uh, here's how it started, more or less. First off, it's a little, you know, uh, bingo hall type thing, uh, Elks Lodge. You know, Elks Lodge. So, you got the bingo numbers on the wall. You got the fucking elk coming out of the wall. Big fucking, uh, you know, deer head fucking elk thing coming out of the wall. And, uh, you know, little joint. Uh the ring was about two feet off the ground. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen no shit like this. It, it was comical. That was the first thing I did was took a picture of that and threw it up on Facebook. Like, look, look at this shit here. And, um, you know, it was, it was fucking crazy looking the ring. Um, the, the thing was super short, obviously no ring apron because I mean, the, the shoe would have been dragging on the ground because the ring was so goddamn short. Um, so you could see, like, where the padding was, and it didn't look very padded at all. There was a little bit of padding. Um, it just, shit just looked stiff as hell. The um, the ring, you know, the canvas looked, um, it had somewhat of a shiny look. It almost just looked like a tarp. Um, but I guess, you know, it was some form of canvas or something, but, um, Shit was fucked up. So right away it was like, oh, all right, here we go with this. 
so um so first first thing that happens uh out comes uh milk chocolate and uh these guys you know they have like a boy band gimmick or whatever they're they're good you know they um they're used to get squashed in most places and uh that's that's pretty much the gimmick they're rolling with now uh, i'll get I'll get into later on in the show uh, what CCW did with them, which was strange. Um, but JCW did kind of what you would expect and uh, kind of, you know, what needed to be done. They came out, got their mics, started singing and everything. You know, obviously the crowd's looking around like, what the fuck is this? Um, and out comes forget what the hell they're called, but it's uh, Monster Mac and uh, Kyle the Beast. So the two of them come out, you know, put a fucking stop to that shit, and, uh, you know, they have a pretty good match. Um, amongst it, I also got a pretty awesome picture. If you go on my Facebook, you'll see uh, it was uh, the one dude, uh, I think his name is Brandon Watts, that dude put a headlock on Monster Mac, and Monster Mac just looked at him like, what the fuck are you doing? And the picture absolutely just captured the whole thing. I was really, really happy with that picture. I thought it was cool. Um, so there was that, yeah, nice little match, you know. Um, yeah, good stuff. I, I liked it. Um, next up, you had uh, Danny DeMonto pinning Vinny Senzo. Um, Vinny... Uh, the dude I, I knew for a long time. He he used to ride with us to CZW. Um, he was a CZW fan, and uh, he he lives pretty locally over here. Um, he brought some broad out with him. Uh, was not very good looking. Uh, th- this chick just uh, you know she came out with him, and Danny Demano comes out. Danny, you know, like I've said in the past, he, he looks like he should be selling like used weed whackers at a flea market on the weekend. That, that's how he's built. Like he doesn't, he doesn't look like he, he does something athletic on a regular basis. He, he just, he just doesn't. He's got tremendous back tits, and um, you know, they, it is what it is with that guy. Um, you know, he's a good enough guy or whatever, and. Uh, I know, you know, for a while, I mean, he was getting himself in better shape. I mean, those days are far behind him now. And, uh, you know, he comes out in this big kind of like a robe trench coat thing. But, I mean, I don't know. It just, it's like an open moo-moo. It's like a, ah, it's fucked up. Anyway, uh, so... And and Vinny, I've never really got to see wrestle before. I don't know if it was just this match or whatnot. I I don't I don't think he's very good. I I just don't. Uh, you know, I mean, you could take a period in which it's intended. You know, I'm not gonna go uh, you know over the top burying the guy, but um, there was many a spot botched in this match. Um, it just it just didn't look good to me. Um, I know Vinny's, you know, got a tons of opportunities because uh, a lot of the companies that that he wrestles for are these shindy companies, these absolute garbage fucking feds. There was one that that was like five minutes from my house that I skipped going to that I talked about a couple weeks ago that was going to go to because it was going to be Haku, 
there, and it, you know, it was going to be Haku and the Barbarian versus uh, Vinny and his partner. And, um, you know, they ended up uh, switching it up. I don't know what actually ended up happening because I didn't go. But, um, you know, on these shindy companies, a lot of times what will happen, and I think JCW is better than that. I, I'm not calling them a shindy company. I'm just saying, um, you know, a lot of the other places that the dude works for, they um, they will get, you know, your big talent. They will get your, you know, whoever it may be you know, formally seen on TV talent. And then their top guys will will work the matches against them. Now, these matches are not made to fucking, you know, make highlight reels. I mean, maybe the guys who are wrestling them highlight reels, like of any highlight reel. But what it is, is it's like you take, you take your little bumps, you take your heat, you, you know, you come in, you talk trash to the crowd, and then you just, you know, you take your couple body slams, you let the, you know, the, the big TV face feed in, hit all their signature spots, you know, and get the big reaction. And then, you know, you just, you just take the shit off them. You know what I mean? So there's people that fall into those roles. And I mean, you'll, you will have wrestled Kevin Nash and Haku and this one and that one. That doesn't necessarily mean you're a good wrestler. It just means that, you work for that spot, you know what I mean? But a star to stand on your own, I think to go out there and actually, you know, put in a match with another guy that nobody's heard of and fucking tear it down and have people talking about you two guys until you're known. I think that's a whole different skill set. I really do. So, so I think working, you know, with, within under the guise of, I'm here to take the job to this guy or, you know, maybe you have a couple shows shot and you win the one show and the next show they're going to get the, you know, whatever. Um, so I, I think that's what it is. But, I mean, there there was some dumb-looking shit in this match where it was like, you know, going for a sunset flip and dude's like hanging off the back of the uh, – back at the Monto before he drops down to, to try to sunset – Shit was just silly looking. So again, it was the first time I've seen him wrestle. It's not, you know, it could just be one match. It could have been his worst match of his career for all I know. But it just it looked pretty fucking horrible. But um, towards the end of the match, Danny Demano picked up the ugly chick and just fucking people people shit on Chris Dickinson for unsafely power bombing Kimberly. You want to talk about? Some shit that looked a lot fucking worse. They didn't involve any chairs or any ring posts or anything like that. But he threw his bitch on the on the fucking mat, like like her whole life and family didn't matter. He he threw his bitch. This shit looked fucked up. Everybody was just like, oh, whoa, oh man, like that was some, oh, like. When she takes a bigger bump during the whole fucking match than the, than the guy he's wrestling, <laughs> you know what I mean? That that's how it went. It was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know all of that. Um, so that that happened. Um, so then the next matchup was Jeff Cannonball and Brandon Kirk versus Slayer and. One of the most hilarious guys in all of Shindy Wrestling, 
the bounty hunter Johnny Ringo. This is the first time I've ever seen this guy. And um, he's something else. We'll get to him in a minute. Uh, Jeff Cannonball is a guy who I heard had a great match with uh, Matt Tremont on uh, maybe an on-point show. I think on-point. And I think he's uh, part of that on-point deathmatch tournament thing that I'm not so sure what to think of. Um, he was teamed up with uh, Brandon Kirk, and uh, like I said, they fought Slayer and Johnny Ringo. Slayer, Slayer, I've actually known for a long time. I don't think he could pull me out of a crowd, but um, Slayer was a guy who was actually um, working for Tom Rumsby, the guy who I trained with for a small amount of time. And Slayer was always, like, a really cool, really helpful dude that would hang around, you know, at the school. He would go in there just to get ring time. Um, You know, he was still – he was already trained then. You know, this is fucking 15, 20 years ago. And, um, you know, he he was, um, you know, fully trained already and still, you know, working shows. And, uh, you know, he was just a really nice dude where some other guys are fucking huge dickheads. And they were working shows, too, but still never got anywhere. And I think they're all done with wrestling, uh, where Slayer's still doing it. He works kind of like this uh, crazy guy gimmick, elite fucking dog biscuits. He generally has another guy, like, bring him out in a straight jacket. He flips out in the ring. And, again, like, his talents have only really brought him to these uh, shindy shows. But he fucking he bumps his ass off. He's in great fucking shape. Um, I've always, you know, hoped that this guy would do better than he has because he he's still got it to he's still the guy's got to be 40 years old and he's in fucking great shape not an ounce of fat on this guy he's fucking diving all over the place he's bumping all over the place i don't know man i always just um hope better for the dude but um johnny fucking ringo johnny fucking johnny boy this fucking guy this fucking guy comes out there and he's like, they got like Slayer out there, and then they're like, yeah, like more or less like a mystery tag partner type thing. Then they hit this fucking guy's music like he's a big surprise. This guy walks out like he's the shit. I don't know who the fuck he is. All I know is on one fucking shoulder, he has Brock Lesnar's T-shirt tattooed on his arm. It's, uh, you know, that monster face skull thing, and it says, here comes the pain on it. On his fucking arm, like, for good, forever. He got that shit. Um, then on on his forearms, you know, like I, like I have my daughter's names on my forearms. <laughs> this guy has Downey on one and Hunter on the other one. Um, and judging by how blown up this guy was by the smallest amount of effort in the ring, I'm guessing that he's not an actual bounty hunter because if he was, he's not catching anybody unless he, you know, he walks into a place with one exit and has like, uh, you know, maybe one of those like riot gear things, those riot shields. Because I, I don't even, uh, I don't know, man. They throw a juke move on him and he's he's not catching them that way either. Um, the guy is is not in good shape. Uh, he's, he's got all these fucking silly tattoos. This guy is, uh, he's gotta be like a huge favorite in the shitty tattoo artist, uh, gallery. Um, he walks in like, what are we doing today, buddy? Well, 
You ever seen, you ever seen Dog the Bounty Hunter? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I'm putting Downey on one arm and Hunter on the other. That's what I'm doing. Like, I got to think he's just like a fan of that show. And obviously, the um, some old school WWE SmackDown. Because he's got the, the old Here Comes the Pain fucking... It was just hilarious. And he gets in the ring, and he does, like, five taunts in, like, a minute. And it's not not in the way that, like, David Starr does it, where he's like, oh, you know, I'm the guy who does taunts, and he's doing a bunch of taunts to be, like, to be funny or, you know, as, like, a gimmick. He's doing this shit, like, in the most awkward, strange way possible. First, he, like, put his arms up in the air, and then, like, didn't even give it like 10 seconds and put his arms down. Then he put his arms out like to the sides, kind of like Raven. And then he kind of like put his arms down. Then he like looked around and he like raised his arm, like flexed, tried to flex or something. It was like, he wasn't really sure on what taunt he was going with. And he was just trying a couple out to see if any of them worked. It was really fucking funny. And he had just like super fucking awkward looks on his face. Uh, The guy is, is, um, He's a shindy all-star, this guy, Johnny Ringo. Uh, I guess you could probably find a bunch of his horrible stuff on YouTube if you look him up. I recommend it if you like horrible wrestling. I actually posted a picture I got of him and had a bunch of people chiming in from Vinny to um, Joey Janela saying he wrestled them once, he beat the shit out of them. Uh, then he said that he, he showed milk chocolate an hour of this guy's fucking matches on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, this this guy is uh, he, he's a special breed. This guy, um, and then up next was uh, Joey Janela on his first of two matches of the night, uh, retaining his title against Jaka. This was a good little match, you know. Um, Jaka is very very talented, and Joey, I'm telling you man, I'm a big fan of Joey Janela. I, I honestly. And I don't say this type of thing lightly, but I see a lot of Trent Acid in Joey Janela. He's got a ton of charisma. Um, you know, he's got a little bit of Trent Acid tributes in there with the, um, you know, the, uh, oh, what the fuck? Oh, fuck, I forget what the name of the movie is. But he goes from, like, a backdrop to, like, a sit-out driver. Oh, fuck. Blue Thunder? I think that's a Blue Thunder. Um, could be wrong on that. I'm not a wrestler. Um, but yeah, he does it, he does it really well too, like, uh, like Acid used to do it, and, um, yeah, he, he retained his title up against Jaka, and, uh, good stuff. Um, so then it was intermission, come back from intermission, and you had Pinky Sanchez beating Devin Storm to retain the JCW Extreme title. Now, you know, the problem with this is, um, the match was actually good. Devin Storm worked his ass off. He did a ton of shit in the match, and he's definitely he's definitely still got it. I mean, this guy could fucking go still. And, um, you know, Pinky's very talented. And um, the, the problem with this is, you know, they label this title the extreme title, and they got, like, the fucking Stone Cold skull coming out of the belt and all of this other horse shit. But there's no extreme element to the actual match which I don't have a problem with at all, but as soon as you announce, like, extreme title, 
you get half the match with the fans chanting fucking, you know, we want tables. And it's like, dude, have you seen a fucking table in this building? The ring... The ring is lower than what a fucking table. If you put a table on the outside, it'd be higher than the fucking ring apron right now. Do you realize that shit? It's fucking ridiculous. Like, settle down with the table, all right? Jesus Christ. So, um, that and, you know, I, I have grown to be so tremendously annoyed by wrestling fans these days because there's so many guys... So many fucking dudes that are so invested in putting themselves over and making themselves part of the show. Me, see, I've always been one of those dudes that, you know, I pop for shit, but I'm not, I'm not a trained seal either. Like, I'm not gonna fucking bug out every time a wrestler goes, "Come on," you know, like that. That's not gonna just get me making a whole shitload of noise. Now, on one side of the thing, a lot of people go like, oh, you know, if the fans sit on their hands and the wrestlers lose their, you know, their motivation or whatever the case is. But on the other side of things, if you would rather a bunch of assholes yelling shit to get themselves over, eh, I'd rather everybody fucking sat on their hands until something crazy happened or until something really intense or hard-hitting happened, and then the fans reacted genuinely. Um, I know that isn't as easy to get over that way, but I I don't like the, um, you know, there's just people who talk to hear themselves talk, um, and the encouragement of make some noise no matter what the noise is, it really coddles and fucking encourages assholes to be assholes. For instance, uh, Devin Storm comes out to personal Jesus. And the fans chant Austin Aries after he comes out. Now, I got no problem with that because, um, you know, Devin Storm probably doesn't know it because at the time, you know, when Austin Aries was doing his thing and stuff, I don't think Devin Storm was really working the indies much. So I could understand, you know, the fans going, oh, Austin Aries, because, that's, you know, that was Austin Aries' song. And that's fine. Whatever. Now this match goes like fucking 20 minutes. 15 minutes into the match, the fans start chanting Austin Aries again. Okay, now it has no significance, and you just want to hear yourself talking shit on the match. At that point, you can go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? And it's not, again, I don't I don't burn a lot of calories on, on the majority of this shit, whether it pisses me off or makes me happy. I, I don't burn a lot of fucking calories on it. Like, I don't, I'm not going to go out of my way to, like, turn and, like, shut the fuck up. Like, I don't Fuck you. I just, I judge people internally, and I fucking move on. You know what I mean? I just say to myself, like, oh, fuck that guy. I hope he gets hit by a bus when he leaves here. And um, and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't, I don't need to battle with people. I don't need to, I mean, if it comes down to it, sure, fine. But I'm not, I don't show up at shows to get myself over. I don't show up at shows to have some kind of verbal war with some other asshole that showed up to get themselves over. I don't give a shit. But um, it's just annoying to me. You know, it's just certain people that that's that's what they're there for. And um, I guess, you know, it's going to come with the territory. But it's, you know, a couple of those things. And I'm and I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'm definitely still attending shows, definitely back to attending a lot more shows this year than I have in the past couple of years. And that's why I guess it's, you know, a little bit irritating to me because, 
it was one of the things weighing on me a little bit when I stopped going to shows. And, um, you know, I have that uh, little bit of annoying factor when it comes to just the way that other fans, uh, you know, uh, conduct themselves. I mean, some of these people, I just see them standing in the group, and it, their thought is like, look at these fucking gargoyles. Jesus Christ. They're like, you know, they're all standing around, talking phlegm up and shit. They're just like disgusting human beings for the most part. But, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of great wrestling fans out there, too. I'm not not saying uh, overall in general, but, um, yeah, there, there's, there is a large fucking uh, large uh, group of people that are just uh, complete fucking uh, disposable as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so, anyway, next up was uh, Nick Gage uh, beating Chris Dickinson. You know, the match, you know, started out and... Um, you know, Dickinson got on the mic saying, you know, hey, you ain't shit. You're going to have to prove yourself and this and this. And that's, um, you know, very similar to the way that I've been thinking. I'm a huge Nick Gage fan. Um, you know, I, I, I've been a huge Nick Gage fan for years. And um, I also think that anybody that's been away for five years should have to come back and prove themselves. And and I think that's 100% what Nick Gage is doing right now. But, um, you know, he came back out. When he first got out, he was cutting the promos. That, you know, fucking Chris Dickinson's a pussy. Fuck him. He's a pussy. This one's a pussy. Everyone's a pussy. No one's done anything. They have to prove themselves to him. And I understand that for promos' sake. But um, I just, I just felt like, and I think maybe what rubbed me a little bit the wrong way was, when it came to the shoot interview and when he did the interview and he did, um, you know, he was asked his hand and tough and it was like, eh, well, he was tough in Japan. Like you're really questioning the toughness of John fucking Zandig. Like, come on, man. I just, I don't know, you know, if prison did that type of thing that actually soured you to things where now all of a sudden you think you're the toughest shit on the planet. I, you know, listen, I'm always going to be a Nick Gage fan, but wrestling, you know, still existed while you're away. And you're going to fall into the class of some of the toughest motherfuckers in wrestling. You absolutely are. That's what Nick Gage is. But those tough guys aren't going to become pussies because you got out of prison. That's just not going to happen. That's absolutely not going to happen. So, um, you know, um, I don't know. So I, I'm glad that you know he's he's going he's going right at some of the baddest motherfuckers out there and that's it, great. You know he had a, a good match, especially for you know being this uh, little elks elks joint. Um, his back is torn the fuck up from uh, Masters of Pain going to the finals against Ron Mathis, and um, you know Dickinson was digging in it with his fucking nails and shit and making him bleed again and. Uh, yeah, it was a good little match, man. Fucking stiff and everything. And, uh, you know, Nick Gage pulled off the win. He definitely busted his ass. Nick Gage is going to earn everything. Uh, that's not something I'm worried about. I'm just eager to see it just because, uh, you know, he is. Um, his status was always so high as far as bad motherfuckers that, um, man, that's that's just a, that's a tall order to fill. And it's no worries about whether he's going to or not. I'm just anxious to see it. Um, 
you know, and again, going up against these guys, kind of expected him to come out and be the guy who fucking buries milk chocolate, you know, and then the next show fucking buries some other, you know, low mid-card guy. And then build up things where he's wrestling Dickinson three months from now or he's wrestling, you know, Gulak three months from now or or, uh, Tremont. You know, I didn't expect him to come right out and jump into these feuds. I don't know. I just hope it doesn't, you know, blow everything off too quick and lose its uh, lose its aura or whatever. But regardless, I'm still going to, you know, remain a big uh, Gage fan and, um, you know, support for sure. Um, he's one of the only old school CZW guys left, like old, old school CZW guys left. And um definitely happy to see him out. And, and fucking killing it thus far. So anyway, um, main event was uh, Joey Janela in for the second time and X-Pac teaming up against Damian Darling and Eric Andretti and uh, Joey and X-Pac won the JCW Tag Team titles accompanied by Scott Hall in their corner. So that was that was pretty fucking cool. And um, like I said, for what it was for a little show over there with the, the ring two feet off the ground, it was, it was an entertaining little show. It really was. Um, and, uh, yeah, definitely will uh, attend another close-range uh, Brick, New Jersey show. Because, like I said, it's fucking 20 minutes, a half hour from my house. So if they run there again and I don't got nothing else going on, by all means, I'll uh, definitely stop by. Some decent pictures and everything too. So uh yeah, that's that. Um I think I'm gonna take another break, come back and I'll get into my C Z W segment. All right. Okay. 
being rapper racist, region haters, spectators, dictators, behind door dictators, it's outrageous. You don't know how sick you make us. I wanna throw up like chips and bacon, but this is southern facing. If we too simple, then y'all don't get the basics. Shit. 
I got no more fucking time to wait for this shit to happen. Let's fucking go right now. Other guys' music hits, match on. Makes sense. If you just start the show and then these two guys' music hits, it's like, oh, well, that was strange book. You know what I mean? It, it becomes more of the way that it was booked rather than this guy saying, I want this motherfucker right now. You know? I don't know. I just think that that's a uh, you know, small detail that I think could make things make sense. So, um, you know, the match went all over the place. Uh, you know, good, uh, pretty stiff match. Uh, it was a little more one-sided than I expected with Gage really taking the offense. But, you know, it was good for what it was. Um, Gulak gets the sneak roll-up, and uh, Gage lays out face him face him in an ultra-violent match in the future. So there's that. You know, we have that to look forward to, so this is not over. Um, next up was Greg Excellent versus Alexander James. Uh, he retained the CW Junior Heavyweight Champion or the Honorable or Honorary or whatever the fuck they're calling it. Um, this was when I realized that I need to um, download Angry Birds on my phone because I have all the Angry Birds on my tablet, but not on my phone. And and the place in the skate zone where I was, I didn't get any internet, so I really couldn't fuck around on anything else, all my other apps. And um, one thing I could do was play like Angry Birds if I had it on there, because, you know, you don't need the internet to do that. So now I know for the future to download an Angry Birds onto my phone so I'll have something to do with Alexander James or um, Corvus Spears wrestling. Um, here's the thing, like, I like Greg Excellent. There are certain things, there are certain, I have I have no more tolerance. I'm all done with tolerance. I've, um, I've relinquished tolerance for my life. Um, not that I've ever had a ton of it, but Things like Alexander James, like, I don't like the fucking guys wrestling. So I don't want to see him wrestle, which means I don't I don't fall on the side of I don't like Alexander James, so I really hope this other guy beats him up. I don't give a fuck whether he lives, dies, the other guy does 800 backflips and lands on the motherfucker or not. I don't care. I, I want him to be gone. You know what I mean? And that's how I feel about DJ Hyde matches. I don't give a shit what happens. I want him to not, not be here. I want him to not be wrestling at all. How I feel about fucking Corvus Spear. I, I don't want him in the fucking ring. So you're going to have him have a match. Okay, it might as well be an intermission. I, I want to be playing Angry Birds right now. So now I know for the future. So... Unfortunately for guys like Greg, who I do like, there is nothing he can do in that match that's going to make me care about the match because I'm already checked out due to Alexander James. That's how I feel about shit. So there's like a certain amount of like, I like heel, like good guy, bad guy, heel type thing. But if you legitimately make me not like you as a worker, you can do for me to be invested in the match. I guess... I'm different than the way a lot of other people watch wrestling. A lot of times they go, I don't like that guy. Go get him, guys. Like, dude, I'm 
I'm a grown ass man. I don't I don't know how to pretend that the other guy's really hurting the guy that I don't like and doesn't entertain me. I, I don't know how to I don't know how to make pretend that the other guy is really hurting the guy and that's the reason for me. I I'm not that's not where I'm at. So um it was what it was. They continue to shit. Um I guess they finished that. So then they started something else later but um uh Pepper Parks with Cherry Bomb beat Khaled Conley and Joey Janela. Um apparently um what you call it um Jonathan Gresham had car trouble, so he wasn't able to make it to the show. But now that he's living over there in Philly, um, he's going to be able to make a lot more shows too. So hopefully, because um, I had you know messaged him after the show, like, hey man, where fuck were you? Because when the music stopped playing, there was no Jonathan Gresham. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? This match just got a, a lot less entertaining just by him not being in it. Because uh, big fan of Gresham and. Uh, you know, I mean, nothing wrong with the other guys in the match. I'm not really a Pepper Parks fan. I don't think he's a bad worker. I never thought he was a bad worker. I just hate his gimmick. It's too literal. You know what I mean? Like, it's too just basic and literal. Like, any, I'd say 75% of most wrestling rosters can have, like, a I work out gimmick if they wanted to. It's lazy and fucking generic and, and too literal. You know what I mean? And, it's like like a guy in McDonald's having a I work at McDonald's gimmick. Like I I get it. Obviously you're athletic. The workout gimmick it's just it's fucking corny to me. The only time you know, the workout gimmick works when you're Simon Dean and you're you know, a goofy ass track suit and you're fucking riding a Segway to the, the ring and actually doing less physicality. You know, to me, that shit worked really well, and it was hilarious, that the Simon Dean gimmick. But when you're just like, I work out, and like, look, I fucking clearly work out. It's like, I get it, but gimmick is gay shit, so fuck. Um, so I've never really liked it. I just never thought he had anything that jumped off the page as far as uh, personality or anything. He's just got a generic, um, lazy-ass gimmick, and, um, you know, is what it is there. But, um, you know, he plays that generic-ass role, and um, he's a good worker. That's that's the thing. He's, he's not a bad worker, so he doesn't, you know, hurt a match being in it or anything. Um, so he won the match with um, uh, distraction from the ref. Uh, Cherry Bomb is, uh, I guess, the WSU champion now, so she's got the belt and he's the belt, whatever. Um I've said for a minute too that her uh, her screaming gimmick I think is really really good and uh, works. It kind of reminds me of like the Daphne thing when Daphne used to scream, but um, you know like more of like an annoying kind of situation. Yeah, you know it's supposed to be. It doesn't annoy me, um, but it's supposed to you know annoy the fans as, as a heel gimmick type thing. So I think it works really well to um, accompany you know, him being a heel and shit. Um, so, um, you know, uh, Janela did, you know, another great fucking match. Uh, Conley busts his ass. I mean, it, it was a very good match. I enjoyed the match quite a bit. Um, like I said, man, Janela's something fucking special. He really is. Uh, that dude, 
uh, keep your eye on that dude. He's going to keep doing big things. I mean, he goes above and beyond in his matches, and uh, he, he's definitely looking to to make an impact. Um, next up was, like I said, Sozio and Corvus, which I was like, fuck, man. And, well, how do I have fucking like eight Angry Birds games on my tablet and not a one on my phone and shit? And, you know, I, and then I realized that I got like the, the Candy Crush Soda game, but I'm like so many levels behind on my phone from where I am on my tablet that I got no tolerance for that shit. Man, I'm not playing those levels again. You know, I'm looking at him like, what, level 120, what is this shit, man? I passed that shit like three months ago. I'm not going through all this shit again. So, there was that. Um, after the match, uh, Niles Young called uh, the front faggots a bunch of times. And I turned to Jeremy and I said, listen, man, um, I don't have a problem with it. I love the word faggot. But um, someone's going to have a problem with that that right there. <laughs> <laughs> They're on the iPay per view and he just called he's a face that just called them a faggot like five times. <laughs> you just you faggots. That's because you're a faggot. And I'm like, oh here we go. <laughs> this shit isn't gonna be like by everybody. Um so yeah, there was that and I guess uh in the future it's gonna be Greg Exling, Chrissy Rivera and now uh, Young versus um uh, uh Corvus Fear. Uh, the the dude with the chin fat and uh, the other bigger dude that I don't know his name. Um, so there's that. The little dork with the chin fat and uh, Corvus Spear and um, yeah, the other bigger dude that probably the only wrestler looking dude in the group. Um, so there's that. That's going to happen, I think, in July. So I will have Angry Birds on my phone by then. Garen fucking teed. Uh, next up was the Beaver Boys with what I would like to call, I, I'd like to refer to as uh, the average Kali. Uh, Rex Lawless uh, is like um, like a knockoff Great Kali. Like if they sold Great Kali figures at the dollar store, it would be Rex Lawless. Um, so it was the Beaver Boys with Average Kali versus uh, Bill Carr and Bucks Belmar with Dick Justice. And um, Bucks Belmar was Officer Bucks Belmar. So the guy, he was dressed up. He had his shirt tucked in and shit. This was a hilarious fucking match. This was really, really well worked. Um, The whole match was based around Bucks Belmar trying to be persuaded not to be dirty, you know, not to do any gross stuff. And, uh, you know, they were trying to keep him from, you know, he he would do the, um, you know, test his strength thing. And he would try to, um, you know, he he would try to reach down his pants and shit. And they'd be like, no, no, no. And he, you know, went to reach down his pants the one time and fucking uh, Dick Justice called him over and made him fucking Purell his hands and shit. It was fucking funny. And um, I I guess towards the end, they tried to let him go back to the dirty gimmick. And uh, he spit, like, fucking uh, cigarettes and water in uh, Bill Carr's face and cost him the match or whatever. But, um, but, yeah, that that was a very entertaining match. The way that was worked was fucking awesome. And, um, yeah, it was was a very funny, very entertaining match. Um, Next match was 
Joe Gacy versus um, I, I think he should change his name to Cornball Mike Bailey instead of Speedball. Um, he's tremendously talented in the ring. His offense is fucking bananas. When this guy talks on the mic, I just, I don't know, man. I've never seen a face in CZW history cut promos the way that this guy cuts promos. That shit would be a heel promo out of fucking anybody else's mouth in CZW history. Straight up. It, it is uh, it is ridiculous. Um, and like I said, I'm a fan of both of these guys. I personally didn't think this match gelled very well. I thought it kind of turned into them just kind of doing moves. And, um, you know, I, it just it just didn't seem to have a good flow to it. I mean, they, they did some hard-hitting shit. They did some crazy shit. But uh, it just kind of seemed to turn into them doing moves. You know? So I'm hoping these guys uh, square off again in the future and get like a you know a good flow going to their match because the two of them have all the skills to absolutely tear shit down. For some reason, I just just completely lost the uh, the flow of this match. Yeah, well, maybe it was me. I, you know, I don't think I was trying to be negative or anything like that. But uh, you know, and, and it wasn't terrible. It's just something about it just didn't feel like it came together. They're just going through the motions on a bunch of shit. Um, you know, putting out a whole shitload of effort as far as the moves being executed, but just not a lot to really tie it together. Um, it, after the match, too, it was um, A.R. Fox that came in and uh, hit Bailey with a couple moves and challenged Bailey. Um, this is going to be a fucking fantastic feud. Unfortunately, I don't know how well the AR Fox as a heel thing is going to work. Um, I was happy to see AR Fox back. I know that much. So, I mean, again, I'm not a big kayfabe guy, so selling me on heel and face is, is not the way to go. But or trying to is not the way to go. Um, but, um, you know, he had Bailey down. He fucking 450 splashed him in the back. I mean, that's fucking, that's going to get a pop out of me, man. I don't know. That shit is fucking silly. And, uh, you know, it's good to see AR, AR Fox back. Tremendous fucking talent. He did a ton of shit in CZW before he really blew up everywhere else. And uh, now that he's blowing up everywhere else, he kind of disappeared from CZW. And, uh, yeah, it's good to see him back. And I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, Mike Bailey versus uh, A.R. Fox. I really think Mike Bailey should do something where he pretends like he broke his jaw or uh, they they cut some kind of promo where, like, the Shaolin monks fucking uh, sworn him to silence. There's some kind of honor code that he needs to go by that he can no longer speak because there is no fucking justice being done by him opening his mouth whatsoever at all. It's absolutely ridiculous when he opens his mouth. Like, he was nervously petting a cat for a fucking 45-second promos. For a 45-second promo where he said more or less, like, uh, uh, Joe Gacy got a bad bad, uh, bad shake at the best of the best, and he asked CZW management for a match against Joe Gacy, and um, 
thank you very much. And that was more or less his promo while he, like, nervously pet a cat. Like, super fast-paced fucking cat stroking <laughs> during the fucking 45-second promo. It was fucking ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. He either needs a fucking manager who's going to come out and, and talk some slick shit for him, or he needs some kind of gimmick where it's like, he, he does not fucking talk. He is sworn to fucking silence by the, the Shaolin monks. You know, something, because Jesus, motherfucking Christ, this guy, uh, his promos, Cornball Mike Bailey. Um, so then, uh, they you know, they went to um, fucking, uh, they went to intermission, came back, and they had milk chocolate performing, and um, this this is where they fucked up. Now, I, I don't know if something went wrong here. I don't know if they had planned something that fell through. Um, clearly, like, this type of shit had Hate Club written all over it. Now, seeing as Nate Hatred has reteamed with Nick Gage in on-point wrestling, um, you would think that that shit would pop back up in CZW as well, for Christ's sakes. This has not happened yet. Um, and, I, I mean, I don't care who you you know, make it happen with. But one way or another, this shit should have came followed by somebody squashing the shit out of milk chocolate. Now, um, unfortunately, not only do I think DJ couldn't be the one to do it, I know DJ wants to turn face, but this is not the way to do it. Um, Not only is it not the way to do it if he did squash these guys, what's even worse of a way to do it is let them do their whole city performance with no interruption, because there really was no. They, they did pretty much the whole goddamn song or whatever they were going to do. It was a painful amount of time. DJ's music hits. The fans are popping for him because the thing's ending. But, I mean, let's let's stop at the bullshit, because DJ walks out with a confused look on his face, like, what the fuck was that? And the only thing running through my mind is why would you be surprised when you booked the motherfucking shit? When when you booked them to do exactly what they did, you're not allowed to walk out to the ring looking confused. I mean, you could do whatever the fuck you want, but you look stupid as fuck walking out there going, what is this? What is that? Oh, it's exactly what you scheduled to happen before you came out. And I guess that was your attempt to, to be a face by your music hitting and hitting and you walk out and then they, they get out of there. I mean I just I just thought it was a complete botched segment. There's no way that they're they're not doing their singing bit doesn't feed someone to come in and beat the shit out of them. You know, it, it just doesn't. It, it just back in the day that all day would have been that fucking voodoo song. And fucking hatred and gauge would have came out and absolutely murdered them. But, um, you know, even now, I mean, even to just have gauge come out, I mean, that would have been fine, too. Uh, I mean, Tremont, you know, give him another face pop before the, the big uh, title match. Something. But not absolutely nothing. And then DJ Hyde's music and him looking confused as if he didn't already book that shit. So then he comes out, and his big, uh, as I said, you want to be a fucking face, your shooting star press is, here's what we 
we got coming next month. That's what it is. But what he did is he came out and he announced uh, Gage being um, in Tournament of Death. Now, although they didn't announce Gage's name previous to this, everybody fucking knew Nick Gage was going to be in there. Not only did they know that, but if you remember back at last Tournament of Death, he he felt the need to fucking steal June Kasai's fucking thunder when the crowd was going fucking bananas for June Kasai to get on the mic while Nick Gage was still in prison and go, next year, right back here, we'll have the man Nick fucking Gage. So last year you fucking stole Nick, you stole Kasai's thunder to say Nick Gage was going to be in Tournament of Death. So don't wait till the fucking month before and go, guess who's in Tournament of Death. You already blew that shit off a long fucking time ago. And, and if you didn't put Nick Gage in Tournament of Death, it, it would be one of the dumbest fucking things possible. You know? I mean, that's just... Come on, man. That shit. Um, and then the other announcement was... On the Young Bucks return on July 11th, they'll face off against Team Tremendous and Beaver Boys, which I think will be good. My dream match still was you, you fucking – you have lined up Trevor Lee and Andrew Everett. They've teamed other places before. Let them tear it up against each other. Mutual respect after the match. DJ's fucking music hit – or no, no, no. Mutual respect after the match. They get on the mic and go, you know what? We hear the Young Bucks are coming in fucking July. DJ, how about you give them to us? Fucking DJ's music hits. Again, DJ shooting Star Press. You fans want it? You fans want it? Of course they do. And let fucking Trevor Lee and Andrew Everett tear the motherfucking roof off the joint in a CZW ring against the Young Bucks. And you take the fucking credit and the iPay-per-view sales, and the DVD sales off of what that fucking match will be. Beaver Boys and Team Tremendous will be good against the, the Bucks, but I like that's the type of shit you fucking jump on if you have the ability to do it. So, I don't know. That was just like my dream match situation. The other one's going to be fucking great, too. But, you know, whatever. That's just the, the thought I had. Um, so, anyway, next up was Trevor Lee and Andrew Everett. Fucking phenomenal. You know, what can I tell you? I mean, these are two of the best fucking flyers in the business. And uh, they they absolutely killed it. Great, great fucking match. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know what else to say about it. It was everything I expected it to be. Um, these, these two are just tremendous fucking talents. You got to use the shit out of these guys while you can because... Someone's going to sign these guys. They're just, they're too fucking good. Um, next up was David Starr coming out to the ring. David Starr starts to cut, you know, his, uh, his quote unquote shoot promos, which, and that, that, that gimmick is, is pretty annoying. Um, this, the shoot promo gimmick is, is pretty irritating when there's really nothing that comes from it. Um, so he starts cutting the thing. Says uh, he's going to call out Joe Gacy. Shane Strickland comes out to the ring, which is good to see him back. He's obviously a face now because he came back out to the uh, Jackson 5 shit. Um, he's, 
the promos didn't did no justice for fucking anybody here. You know, it was good to see him back in there for sure. They're on the mic back and forth. Strickland says, "Don't blame me because you're the one who fucked Sonny," which makes absolutely no fucking sense because nobody was blaming Shane Strickland for anyway, for anything anyway. And I don't know what that has any significance to to anything. Don't blame me because you fucked Sonny. I mean, that was just a ridiculous comment. So, um, I mean, Sonny's an absolute fucking train wreck, but. I, don't, I still don't know what the fuck that means. Like that, don't blame me because you, what? I don't, I don't know. So anyway, that's going on. Uh, David Starr fucking, uh, you know, gets the jump on him, fucking knocks him down, whatever. Fucking shocker of the fucking night. JT Dunn hops in the fucking ring. I popped like a motherfucker for that because I, from the start when uh, that whole shit went down, I thought JT Dunn was really one of the biggest losses uh, leaving CZW from that, that scenario. Um, Kimberly is a huge loss, too. Um, the problem with that is they never knew what to fucking do with Kimberly and CZW. I really don't think they... It was weird because... You know, with WSU, they had a complete feeder system for females as far as, like, people to come in. They've um, they've had the ability to do a bunch of things, and DJ's never pulled the trigger on any of this. Now, I don't want to see a ton of fucking women's wrestling in W or in CZW, I should say, but they have the ability to, like, align a female, you know, with a group or, or – um, you know, have have different scenarios where a woman comes in here or there and they have, like, a woman's match on the show, you know, or an intergender tag or this or that. Mix it up a little bit. Again, I wouldn't go too crazy with the women's matches, especially when you have an entire women's federation, but having a women's federation under the same, you know, some of the same ownership and you're always running double headers with them. You already got them in the building. Travel and all that shit is out of the way. I mean, to not get her and Lefisto in the ring in a CZW ring when Lefisto was super fucking over, super fucking over with the CZW crowd. And Kimberly for a while was a fucking heel with, with Drew Gulak. I mean, it was a no-brainer. So it was in the building for some of those same shows. To, to have fucking somebody say, oh, I got somebody for you, Lefisto's music, that shit would have been ballistic. I mean, I know they've wrestled elsewhere, but the fans would have went absolutely fucking nuts for that match. So, I mean, there's always been, like, a little bit of something you could have done because she's a great wrestler and everything, but they they kind of lost track of that. And, I mean, even in, in Beyond because I'm not one of the people that shit on that thing. They did the whole thing with Dickinson, and they did everything with her being, you know, pretty much unbeatable until she ran into this fucking unstoppable monster in Dickinson. And, you know, other other places have learned what to do with her better than CCW has. Even Jersey All-Pro, they put her in that big scramble with that, uh, that smiley guy from House of Glory, who I actually think is very talented. CCW should bring him in, too. Um, but they had him in. That uh, him in the match, they had Janela in the match, uh, Arcadia, Bandito, 
bunch of fucking talent in the match, and Kimberly worked a fantastic match in that. So I feel like like she wasn't getting thrown into the situations that would have worked really well to highlight her. So that's the one reason I would say that you know she wasn't a bigger loss than like a JT Dunn. Um, I probably would put Kimberly as a bigger loss over JT Dunn if they used her right for the fact that she was there from the start. As far as you know, she came up, she was there. So if they used her properly, I would you know see her more of an asset because JT Dunn hadn't been here there as long. As far as wrestling wise, I enjoyed JT Dunn's work more so than I do David Starr and. Um, you know, the star's talented too, but I always liked JT Dunn a lot. And um, I'm happy to see him back there, and I hope they consistently, uh, you know, keep that relationship good. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it's good to see him back. I mean, if he works a little feud thing with David Starr, that's cool, but then branch off of that and let him continue to work singles in CZW. Um, you know, he's able to tear it up all these other fucking places. CZW's become so fucking notorious, notorious, for um, having talent on, in their locker room and just kind of holding on to them for a while, and then they branch off elsewhere and blow up. I never understand that. Um, even like a Rich Swan, they kind of somewhat dabbled with them. They did a bunch with them, but, I mean, how did AR Fox versus Rich, Rich Swan never fucking happen in CZW? I don't know if they did it afterwards, but I know they did it in Evolve after the two of those guys were standing in the same locker room in CZW for all sorts of time. CZW just never pulled the fucking trigger on it. And then other people ate ate their fucking food, more or less. Shit like that annoys me. Like, the indies are, are so vast, and someone's always going to get the big fucking matchup. If you have the opportunity to do it first, jump on that shit. I just... I just don't get it. Um, so, yeah, again, just happy to see JT done back for sure. Next up was Black G's beating Matt Tremont to retain the CZW World Championship. This match was fucking awesome. This match was very, very well worked. Um, you know, big styles clash type matchup because you got G's, who's, you know, uh, you know, more of a technical wrestler, you know, your standard wrestler. And Tremont, who's, you know, ultra-violent brawler and everything. And it just, it fucking gelled. This completely fucking gelled. They brawled all over the place. You know, suplexes on the floor, all that shit. And, um, you know, worked some chairs into the match, all that type of thing. It just, you know, worked really, really well. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, and then, you know, the big, uh, the big swerve. You know, no pun intended to the uh, Strickland, but um, Pepper Parks comes in with Cherry Bomb and uh, helps G's win the victory. And they're uh, they're called TV Ready this crew. So um, yeah, got a new alliance. I like it. I think it works really well. And um, and you know, yeah. They fucked Tremont out of the title thing, got Tremont all pissed off. He took a big silly bump through a ladder and a fucking guardrail and chairs and whatever else they could stack over there. Um, but, yeah, just, just a great match. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Excellent title defense. And um, what more can I say? Uh, main event was um, Danny Havoc 
beating Connor Claxton in a panes of glass match. This fucking awesome. Connor Claxton is the future of uh, ultra violent wrestling in CZW. He really is. This fucking guy, I don't know what is, uh, where this ability to bleed comes from. And uh, I don't know if he's just got, you know, thin blood or if he's popping ibuprofens before the fucking match. I, I don't know what it is. But this guy, man, when he bleeds, he fucking gushes blood. So, I mean, visually, it's got a really cool look. I've taken some of my favorite pictures, you know, at least definitely since I've been back going to shows of um, of Connor Claxton, man. This guy, uh, some great fucking visual shit as far as pictures go and everything. And uh, he just bleeds buckets. His back looked like the wife beater by the end of this match. Um and he, I mean, he's a great wrestler. So I mean, it's this is uh, you know, the perfect uh, blend of everything, and uh, it, just, it just works really well together. And uh, you know, Danny Havoc, one of the absolute best deathmatch wrestlers in the business. So I mean, what more could you ask for? These two were uh, absolutely teared it up out there, and uh, Danny Havoc's in the tournament of death up against Jake Christ, I believe, in the first round. Uh, Connor Claxton's in there against DJ Hyde and Nick Gage in the three-way, which is a little bit strange because that's the only three-way in the first round. There's nine men in tournament of death rather than eight. Um, they kind of did some weird shit because they had a OI4K run in and, uh, you know, Eric Ryan and everything, and... Uh, they they attacked each other and then they just started yelling like I'll take this guy a tournament of death I'll take this guy a tournament of death so it made you think like they were putting everybody in tournament of death and then it turns out they were putting Danny Havoc and Jay Chris in tournament of death the other guys are non tournament matches um, I know the uh, Devin Moore and Dave Chris is a scaffold match and uh, that that'll be fucking great because you know Devin is. Uh, absolute best at scaffold matches and uh, Dave's a fucking animal so they're going to put together some awesome shit there and I don't know if Lucky's fighting Eric Ryan but I think that's going on too Um, but yeah I mean you know it's going to be good shit Um, so that's that I I think it's a a very good show to pick up you know check out the replay on iPay-per-view stream com, I believe um and uh you know you could uh pick up the DVD when it comes out as well definitely good shit uh one more thing I want to touch on was this fucking guy uh another one of these guys you know fans that like to get themselves over they want to make themselves noticed and this guy is making himself noticed in a big fucking way um he is very pro new CZW, uh, quote unquote. But the deal with this guy is he's a fucking troll, and he he's a big new quote unquote new CZW guy, new all of that. But his mutual friends with me on Facebook is I believe. Uh, both Gulaks, Matt Tremont, and, um, fuck, I think DJ. Pretty sure DJ is the fourth one. And that's it. 
those are the only four people he's friends with that I'm friends with on Facebook. Now, I have well, well over 100 wrestlers on on my Facebook. So that means, like, as far as new CCW goes, you know, you got no David Starr, J.C. Dunn. I mean, these are all actual newer CCW guys. For the fact that you're shitting on old CCW, I mean, fucking Tremont was fucking born off of old CCW. He's a new CCW guy that was a diehard old CZW fan. So he does things in the tradition of old CZW. So, I mean, there's there's no way to just be a huge Tremont fan and hate the old CZW. Also, both Gulaks came out of the old CZW. Um, and DJ, you know, bought the fucking company because he was a fucking mark for the old CZW. So, I mean... But like I said, none of really the new, new CZW talent are guys on his fucking friend list. So to me, it just says that this guy is doing all this shit as, a, as an attempt to troll everybody and piss everybody off and get the attention he never got as a fucking kid or at home or or uh, vaginally. Um, this fucking guy, he's got a shirt that he had made somewhere. It's a black shirt, yellow fucking letters, and I didn't get a chance to read it because the front of it is an absolute paragraph. And I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I'm talking about like small pipe from the top of his chest to like the bottom of his fucking stomach paragraph about his thoughts on CZW and how DJ is awesome, and the old CZW fans are ruining the new CZW because of blah, 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 blah. And that, like, that is the front of his fucking shirt. It's this giant paragraph with his shitty opinion on it. And then he's got a big fucking sign, which I'm sorry, dude. I I mean, if I offend anybody who, who, who does think this is cool and maybe I respect, I mean, I guess I apologize. Please, please tell me firsthand because I I, I got to follow it up with a couple questions. Because if you're a legitimate grown-ass man and you're bringing fucking cardboard signs to a wrestling show, there's something fucking going wrong. And, I, and I'm generally going to go out on the limb and say that I don't respect what you're doing. Um, if you're someone that you know we're cool and shit and you do that type of thing, Bring it up to me because I just have a couple questions about what's going on with your life. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, we'll probably finish the conversation and everything will be all good. But I, I just, I, I just need a couple questions answered because grown ass man shouldn't be showing up with a sharpie and a fucking empty white piece of fucking, um, whatever they call that shit that kids make fucking science project. You should have that shit in your fucking house for your kid to make some kind of fucking project for school. You shouldn't have that shit in your house so you could write the old CZW was shitty on it and carry it into a fucking building where you're going to hold it up at another grown-ass man that you're paying to watch. Because that's what this fucking dude did. And, you know, uh, you know, he's catching a bunch of heat from people and this and that. But, like I said, 
he's a he's a dickhead troll, and it just falls right in line with the motherfucking people who want to put themselves over, who want to be part of the fucking entertainment. My opinion, you want to be part of the fucking entertainment, go train, get in the goddamn ring. Other than that, fucking clap for what you like. Don't say shit to shit you don't like. If you want to be the one to boo the heels, fucking cheer the faces, you want to do that type of thing, fine. You want to, this is awesome. You want to do that. You want to, you know, get chance going. You want to do that type of thing. Go go ahead, man. Enjoy yourself at the fucking show. But when you go out of your way to do specific things or dress a certain way or show up with a Halloween mask on so all the fucking fans point and look at you, go fuck yourself. Seriously, strap yourself to the front of a fucking, um, you know, one of those buses that bring you to, like, shows when they have, um, the fuck to, like, bus trips, you know, when they do, like, a bus trip to King of the Death or... Uh, They do, like, a bus trip to, like, a New York show. Like, strap yourself to the front of one of those fucking things, and I I hope they hit something head on. You know what I mean? Because I I just had enough of this shit, and I'm done with grown-ass men acting like bitch-ass motherfuckers and then expecting respect from other grown-ass men. I'm just not one of those people that's ever going to respect you. And chances are... I'm going to say some shit you're going to hear me say because I'm not really too scared of anybody that conducts themselves like that. You know what I mean? I don't really fear people like that. I don't fear people in general because there's no reason for it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't do anything to step on anybody's toes that, you know, are are bad motherfuckers. I generally conduct myself in a respectful fashion. People are conducting themselves like fucking, like that kind of shit then they deserve to be disrespected and whatever, man. I'll back my shit up as far as that goes because these these fucking coward-ass motherfuckers that decide that they're part of the entertainment when they pay for a ticket like every fucking body else and now all of a sudden you're you're part of the sideshow. You can go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? You're the type of motherfuckers that wind up on the news with some bad shit happened to them and then everybody's going, such a shame. Chances are there's some shit that... uh. There's some shit that led to that. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you just hear like, oh, some fan at a, you know, Philly Stadium got thrown off the fucking, thrown off the upper deck. And so, yeah, well, I wonder what dickhead shit he said to the other guy. You know, I mean, it's just people that show up to a fucking CZW show with, with pure intent to piss off the people that like the product the most. Really? I, I, I just can't fucking stand people. So, anyway... I think that's all I got. Uh, I'll see what's going on next week. Uh, hopefully I'll have a guest. Uh, I want to do another interview next week, and uh, we'll see what's going on. So um, that's all I got. Let me see. Um, check out um, check out the Sports Den. I believe they're doing a show tonight. I'm sure uh, Dude's going to have a lot to say, too, because he's a Patriots fan. So he's going to, um, you know, he's going to have a bunch of shit to talk. Because obviously his dude is uh, suspended, so he's appealing it, and I'm hoping that shit's overturned, and all the people that quote unquote hate Tom Brady are butt hurt and they fuck themselves as well. So um, I think that's about it. I don't think Andrew's done anything with uh, the Stern Nation thing. He hasn't done a show in a minute. Uh, so yep, shout out to uh, Sports Dan as always, and uh, catch you motherfuckers next week. All right. Peace.
Today. 